This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. There's been rumors circulating for quite a while that uh, homeless people will be dropped off in different cities around Ontario uh, just so they're not other places' problems. Mm-hmm. Is that the case? Well, Deputy Mayor in London, Ontario, Sean Lewis, says that there are some hard numbers now, some hard data to back up the fact that other communities are sending their homeless people to London, sometimes under false pretenses, giving them promises that aren't accurate, uh, sending them against their will sometimes mm. to London, Ontario. So I, I, I don't know what the motivation is. Let's get Sean on the line here. Is it so these other communities don't have to deal with the problem out of sight, out of mind, Sean? What do you think? Well, I think... Uh, one of the things we got to get clear right off the top is I, I'm not saying that any you know city manager or city service area is sending people around. I think there are some folks with some, honestly, they're well-intentioned. They, they don't have services in their community, and they look at a, up a website to see what services are available in Law London and say, well, we can get you there. They can help you there. What they don't do the legwork on is finding out that our services are already well over capacity. Right? I mean, right. we got a 10-year wait list for housing in this city. We don't have housing available for somebody who's coming in uh, from another city right now. Where is there, are there places specifically where a lot of homeless people are coming from? And also, who is bringing them to London? Who is sending them to London? Well, you know, I, I don't want to play the name and shame game. I, I think we need to have some uh, responsible conversations with some communities that we've identified, but you know, the reality is they're coming from all over. It's not one community. Um, This movement is happening uh, pretty significantly between communities. So that's that's the Did I read Stratford and Guelph, or am I imagining that? No, you're imagining that. Um, If Guelph Mayor uh, Cam Guthrie uh, knew his name was coming up in this, um, we'd have to place a bet on how the Guelph Storm do next season. um, (laughs) And I'm not not, uh, putting beer on the line with Cam. But... um, (laughs) But is it small? Are they coming from smaller communities that aren't equipped uh, to deal with the homeless? Are they coming from, let's say, not specifically, but bigger uh, cities like in the GTA who are just like, we're overwhelmed, so let's send it down the road? Well, you nailed it. It's it's a little of column A and and a lot of column B, hmm. um, and and that's concerning because these bigger cities do have services. I get that their services are stretched beyond capacity too. But so are ours. And, you know, everybody yesterday was really focused on that 319 diversions from our homeless services uh, that I referenced in my letter. But I think the the bigger number, the more important number for people to focus in on is 25% of those, like between 60 and 70 of those people said they were here in London. It was not their choice to be here. So whether they were brought here, promised that there were going to be services available, that it's better in London, or... Uh, that they were told, you know, by a, a community organization or an individual in another community, you can't stay here. You got to move on down the highway. It doesn't matter which of those two scenarios. When you got 60 to 70 people just in the first half of the year who are saying to us, this was not our choice to be here, that's a problem. Yeah, absolutely, it's a problem. And you'd almost think it being exiled from the community you want to be in would be uh, detrimental to you finding assistance or being able to turn your life around, right? Getting away from what you know and all the people that you know 
and the familiar familiarity of your situation, that's got to just compound your issues. I, I had somebody that I've known for, for many years reach out to me uh, last night and say, you know, this just happened to me on Monday. Um, this older fellow was walking down the street with a cane, uh, didn't seem to know where he was going. I stopped and chatted with him. He didn't even have a phone. All he had was a phone number, and he had gotten here by bus because he's homeless. Mm. Uh, somebody had bought him a bus ticket. He had no idea where to go to find Arcade. He had been given Arcade's phone number, but he didn't know where it was, and he was down by the Bell Building in the courthouse. Yeah, um, complete, you know, completely away. in the wrong spot. Yeah, and no idea where to go. So you're right. Like when that, it's actually the least humane way to treat people. And I think that our staff deserve some real credit. Uh, you know, this year we have directly paid for, facilitated, and, and got 33 people back to their home communities because they said, "Please help me get home." Well, good for you um, guys. I, it, it does. It. it it does make sense, though. If you look downtown London, if you look uh, downtown Hamilton as well, you see an increase in homeless people, people who are struggling and need help. And just the the way the number of people on the streets has risen so much over the past few years, something had to be going on. I know you're being very diplomatic about it, but to me it does, and that's always been the rumor, is other communities don't want to deal with it they want to have their pristine, perfect little community, and they don't want the blemish, uh, so they just send it on down the road. I know that's not what you're saying, but it's got to be part of it. Well, you know, the, the number of folks on our, our high-needs homelessness list uh, didn't double in the last two years just organically. But yeah, mm. the pandemic was tough on everybody, but that number didn't just organically grow inside the city limits to double what it was uh, when we were, you know, in the beginning uh, of the pandemic time. So, yeah, there's been a lot of, of challenges. And, you know, some of these folks are coming from rent eviction situations. Some of them are, and this is part of what I referenced in my letter and actually calling on the province to, to give us a plan, you know, as a regional hub. We've got people who are brought here for medical conditions uh, to LHSC. We've got people who are also uh, serving time. They're incarcerated at Elgin Middle Sex Detention Center. And what happens when they're discharged? They're shown the front door with the belongings Mm. they came in with and no way to get home. So if that person has come from Chatham to be in hospital or they've come from Woodstock or, or Godridge to, you know, serve time in the detention center, and they're put out on the front door with just the belongings they went in the door with. How are they supposed to get home? Yeah. Well, the solution, obviously, and, you know, London could just say, well, we're going to buy a bunch of buses and we're going to send them to back to your community or we're going to start doing what you're doing uh, to our system here in London, to your system in your city. But uh, I think people in, in London, Ontario are more compassionate than that. There's got to be a solution somewhere. I know it's a taboo subject to bring up, to discuss, but good for you, uh, Deputy Mayor Sean Lewis in London for uh, getting the conversation going. Stop sending your homeless people to London, says Sean Lewis is the headline. We appreciate your time this morning, Sean. Hey, uh, my pleasure, guys. And, you know, in two weeks, we're going to have the Association of Municipalities of Ontario Conference here in London. So that's why this was timely for me. We're going to have councils and, and mayors from all over the province descending on our city for a big conference. This is the time to start that conversation while we're together, face-to-face, and, and where we can see... 
uh, what is happening on the streets of London. We can see the results of what happens when people are moved around uh, under false pretense or against their will. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Jim, I've never used a DoorDash or a Skip the Dishes. I've never used one of those delivery apps, but I know you have numerous times, right? Oh, yeah, especially during COVID. Uh, have you ever claimed that you didn't get your order? Because apparently this is a scam that people do regularly. A scam? Like, like saying it like didn't how, show up at all? How hard would it be to say that your order was messed up and you didn't get your food? Is there like a button you press or something? Yeah, there's, I've never done it. I know my wife has because something was wrong or something was missing from the order. So, yeah, there's like an easy complaint button. They can reimburse you within like 10 minutes. Okay. Well, <laughs> there's a video that's gone viral. It's a DoorDash delivery guy confronting a woman who lied about a food delivery. So she had food delivered previously yeah, and claimed that the order never showed up. And then this guy shows up to deliver her next order. And this is how things went down at the door. Hey, DoorDash? Yes, thank you. Awesome. Hey, they told me there was an issue with the last order. What happened? Dasher didn't show the Dasher didn't show? No. Well, I delivered it to you, so I know you got the food. I just want you to know that doing stuff like that is what gets us deactivated. I don't want to lose my job because someone wants an extra taco. I just want to let you know I will be reporting you as a fraudulent customer, and you will be re- removed from the platform. Enjoy your food. Oh, snap! Oh, snap! The old slam the door in their face. That'll solve all the problems yeah, you got in your life. Yeah. <laughs> Here's why I think it's fake. Fake. Nobody answers the door. It's always leave it at the door now. Not like because you they, think that video is set up. Do. Now they do it. They leave it at your door and they take a picture and then they text you the picture. And then you're like, oh, my food's here. And there's no human contact at all. Maybe I don't know. That's just what my gut feeling was when I was listening to that. It could be fake. It could be set up. But maybe, the point. The point is made. Yeah, maybe DoorDash did this uh, to put out there as a deterrent. Yeah, yeah. You and know? you don't have to say the food didn't show up. You just say the fries weren't in there because the the well, thing that's has the a other sticker. Thing. The woman said the dasher didn't show up. Do you call the guy that delivers your no, food? The Dasher? It's like saying, my artist messed up my sandwich. What? (laughs) But like, because you could just say the fries weren't in there because they have a sticker that closes the bag, so the driver would never know that the food wasn't in there properly. And the the people screw it up at the restaurant all the time, so you never get busted. Blame the people in the kitchen, not the Dasher. Exactly. (laughs) Blame the artist, not the Dasher, I say. You don't say the whole order was missing. You say yeah, you something say, in the bag say, was oh, missing. Oh, I, I asked for bacon on my burger, and this is the second time it happened. Okay, here's the reimbursement. Well, we're not trying to educate people on how to scam the system, Jim. I, I'm just saying, if you're going to do something, do it right. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. New book coming out. It is called uh, Gambler, Secrets from a Life at Risk. And the guy who wrote it is a professional, uh, like, sports gambler who apparently at one point had a partnership with golfer Phil Mickelson. Hmm. He alleges in this book that Phil Mickelson lost uh, at least $100 million sports gambling over his years. Not great. <laughs> it's not a great return on your investment. You lost yeah. $100 million. 
And also the allegation is out there that he tried to bet on the Ryder Cup while he was playing in it. Hmm. On himself? I guess how well, because there's so many people in the field. Unless, if he bet on himself to win, it's a lot different than if he bet on himself to lose. Yeah, yeah. This is, I think, uh, there's a lot of allegations that Pete Rose only bet on himself to win, but that didn't work out for him. <laughs> well, and how uh, do you know, right? Uh, yeah. That's the problem. And by the way, how you, how do you trust an autobiography by a guy called The Gambler? Like, you know, it's like he could be just, this could be a gambit of his, too, just to try to sell more books. <laughs> he needs to sell books to pay off his gambling debts. Yeah. Uh, Phil Mickelson posted on social media, I never bet on the Ryder Cup. Well, it is well known that I always enjoy a friendly wager on the course. (laughs) I would never undermine the integrity of the game. I have also been very open about my gambling addiction. I have previously conveyed my remorse, took responsibility, have gotten help, have fully committed to therapy that has positively impacted me, and I feel good about where I am now. And I don't think I'll ever gamble again. You want to bet? <laughs> <laughs> and I bet you $6 million that I'll never gamble again. You're on. <laughs> Phil's still doing all right. Even with losing $100 million, it's estimated he's worth close to $900 million. Hmm. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Penguins fans. Hmm. They're making some moves, man. Yeah. And the latest one, like for diehard classic Penguins fans, yeah. this is big. This is just rumors. I don't know if anything's changed since last night, but the, I saw this and said, I, we got to talk about this. Rumors that the man himself, the mullet machine, Yermir Yager, is set to re-sign with the Penguins. Now, this is a rumor, like I said, but allegedly he is in a conversation with Kyle Dubas about coming back to the NHL at age 51. He is playing in the Czech League right now, which is you know a few steps down from the NHL, but he has put up 14 points in 26 games, so people are speculating, could he still make an impact? Is he good enough to still play in the NHL? It might not come down to that. This may more or less be a ceremonial thing. Where Retire he, a Pittsburgh Penguin yeah, sort of deal. instead of retiring in the KHL or in the Czech League or wherever he will be when he retires, this is an opportunity to hang up the yeah. skates. Uh, Gotta let the, him at least get out there for a couple of shifts, though. Right? Don't Wouldn't just, that be awesome? Don't just put the jersey on and, and wave to the crowd. You gotta, you gotta dress, you gotta get on the ice. Sure, and yeah. Play, and play in one more game. Yeah, wouldn't it be a shame, though, if he something happened crazy and he went into the boards and like, blew out his knee? Yeah. Like, he's in great shape and great physical condition considering he's been playing for 30 years professionally, but... If he did, if something did go wrong, and then he screwed up his mobility for the rest of his life, that would suck. But Jim, alternatively, what if he scored fifteen goals in one game, and then just left on a high note? Wow! Imagine. Okay, do it. <laughs> mullets. Are, He's got to get the mullet back. Mullets are mullets are hot right now. Totally. My my six year old. I took him to the barber yesterday afternoon. He said, "Daddy, I want a faux hawk mullet." Wait, what? He's crossing the streams here. Is that a thing? He, he's got a faux hawk mullet. I said, of course, buddy. Get whatever hairstyle you want. I said, look at your dad. Look at Dido, your grandpa. Yeah. I, your hair may not last forever. So live, damn 
damn it. Live, live because we can't anymore. Get whatever hairstyle you want, sir. Frost the tips on your full hawk mullet if you must. I don't know about frosted tips, though. I grew up in the 90s, and genetics are a big part of it, I'm sure. But I'm pretty sure one of the reasons my hair fell out was from frosting my tips. Yeah, in the I 90s. think so. He must have been deeply frosty. <laughs> yeah, that and that and bleaching my hair to look like Eminem, oh, like like every uh, every teenager did that when that album boy, came out. That must have been real cool, Taz. <laughs> like I, I I looked like the wow. albino from the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> I did not look hmm. like Eminem with that uh, hairstyle, but had to give it a shot, sure. right? Yarmer Jagger could be returning to the Penguins. Is that's how we got into that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Dubis making moves, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. If only he was the the head of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Imagine if he was the, the GM of do. the Leafs, they yeah. probably would have won a cup. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. What do you got planned today? Are you gonna maybe have a couple after work drinks? Spend some time with the family tonight. I was going to go golfing. I was going to walk, but I'm, I'm taking the car. Take it's just the too hot. Yeah, sure. I'm just yeah. tired, you know? You, you don't want to get exhausted no. out there on the course today, Jim. Um, maybe you're swimming across Lake Ontario today. Oh. I know one guy who is, Jason Kloss. He joins us here on the show. Hey, Jason. Morning, guys. Okay, so this is now a reality. It's go time. You're in the car. You're driving from your home to uh, Queen's Royal Park in Niagara-on-the-Lake where you're going to get in the water and you are going to start swimming and you're not going to stop until you get downtown Toronto, correct? That is correct, yeah. What is the total distance of the swim that you've mapped out? Uh, So it's 51 kilometers uh, from from start to finish. Dude, that is crazy. I don't know if I've ever biked that long. I don't know if I've ever been awake for as long as you're going to have to be awake. What what is the time? Uh, We're aiming for anywhere from 17 to 20 hours in the water. That's incredible. What would you eat this morning? I I had a nice big bowl of oatmeal. Okay. And then what do you eat on the water? Like, is it just liquids or like, are you chewing (laughs) out there? Yeah, uh, mostly like liquids. There's a stuff called goo, goo energy, and then I've got a electrolyte drink and water. Huh. Um, pack my favorite food, watermelon. Um, okay, nice. a little vodka. A, so so yeah. what I'm getting is you don't want to eat anything too solid. I, I wasn't sure what the strategy would be because if you do have to go, the the rule is to make this an official marathon swim, you are not allowed to touch anything. If you stop and you have a snack, you have to eat or drink while treading water. And, uh, you know, obviously the body has to expel what it takes in from time to time. So you'd rather that be uh, a liquid than a solid is what I'm understanding? Absolutely. I mean, not that there hasn't been a whole bunch of other people's waste probably dumped into Lake Ontario. But yeah, <laughs> truly. <laughs> Nothing to worry about I, I didn't us. know, maybe just if it floated away, you know. Or it chases you and you're the trying old, to get away from it. The old O. Henry bar yeah. makes you swim a little faster. <laughs> well, no one can judge you. It's great. 
Oh, it's, no, exactly. it, yeah. it's incredible what you're doing, and the reason you're doing it is uh, a very uh, topical cause. It's something that affects uh, a lot of people across the Taz and Jim listening area. Mental health awareness. Can you speak on why you chose to uh, swim for mental health? Yeah, we're raising money for the Cam H Foundation, uh, specifically mental health and dementia and Alzheimer's research. And, uh, yeah, just now with, with everybody's uh, state of mind after, after the pandemic, um, I think it's, it's, yeah, like you said, a topical conversation to have. Um, we had a friend that died by suicide a year and a half ago, and then uh, my grandfather, who initially swam across Lake Huron and inspired my first swim, uh, died of uh, Alzheimer's uh, a couple of years back as well, too. So, um, yeah, it just two kind of came together. I started swimming again and thought, why why not let's do it let's do another one raise some money raise some awareness and uh have some fun and you've made giant marathon swims like this in the past what kind of advice did your grandfather give you about about making it across the lake in the past you know i i remember he always said pick up your feet uh keep kicking keep going um and he'd say you're not getting out of the water Unless you're dead. So, <laughs> yeah, that's an old school grandpa right there. I yeah, like that's, it. That's, yeah, There's you know, two ways out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Kloss entered Lake Ontario in Niagara. He left from Queens Royal Park and he's on his way to uh, downtown Toronto. His wife, Avery, joins us on the line. What was the moment like when he entered the water for you, Avery? You know, I think you think it's like all this pomp and circumstance, but it's really not. Like, he gets in the mindset and he goes. So I told him goodbye earlier, and he just, uh, I turned around and he was walking in the water. So uh, I figured it'd be like a whole, he has a trumpet thing and he plays a little salute. (laughs) I thought thought marching band, people throwing rice. (laughs) No, listen, listen, there were people clapping and cheering. I'm pretty sure there was some Y108 listeners here, which is awesome. Thank you for coming out. And uh, no, he just goes. He he. I know that from training. Like he just gets in the mindset, and once he's there, he's like nobody's talking him going. Yeah, yeah. Well, save so the marching band for when he gets to Toronto. Like I yeah. talk about having to get in the zone, mm-hmm. you know. And All he's right. got to stay there for for twenty hours, seventeen to twenty hours estimated. He yeah. is going to be in the water, not touching uh, a boat. If he stops to eat or do anything, he's got to tread water. It's it's an amazing athletic feat. It's for a great cause. You got to be very proud of your husband oh i'm super proud of him and he uh he's been training for so long for this like in the pool for a year he's been out with audie and i in the kayak in the lakes uh since may and when it was like five degrees celsius man he's ready like i mean he i think he's already told you like you can swim 10 you can swim 50 it's just all mindset from there so what's he wearing He's wearing, um, the rural state, he has to wear a Speedo that ends at the crotch. So he's wearing just an old-fashioned black Speedo. <laughs> whoa, whoa, rules? Well, who says the, like, I figured he'd be just like a scuba, a thin, like, wakeboarding suit or something. Yeah, no, I mean, he he kind of has, if he wants it to be an official crossing with some Ontario and solutions of Ontario, there's like several steps to abide by, so. Speedo, so speedo only. Wow, he's so generous and no. sexy. <laughs> 
and he, he there's nothing nothing I can do that'll make this sexy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite the uh, the human feat that he's trying to pull off here for uh, mental health yeah. uh, awareness and charities. Uh, surpassed his goal of fifty thousand, but we want that money to keep coming in. So Kloss2Cross.com is the website. Also, we posted all the details on the Taz and Jim Facebook account. Uh, I hear Audie in the background there. It sounds like she wants to get back in the car now that Daddy's gone and, yeah, and get moving here. Wanted, I asked her if she wanted to watch till we couldn't see him anymore, and she said she wanted to go. She's she's nervous, so we're just yeah. uh, the job now is distract distract the five year old until the middle of the night. Yeah, you, you got a big job ahead of you too. <laughs> Not quite swimming across Lake Ontario, <laughs> but uh, we appreciate your time, Avery. Uh, her husband Jason Kloss now on his way. He's in the water. And his journey has just begun from Niagara to Toronto across Lake Ontario. The Taz and Jim Podcast. Are you planning on having a couple of cold ones this weekend? Well, this is uh, revolutionary news that could change everything. There is a, a company called GABA Labs, and they have been working on an alcohol alternative Hmm. So it would give you all the benefits of alcohol with none of the negatives. You wouldn't, uh, your body wouldn't be harmed if you drank too much of it. Mm, I'm suspicious already. Sounding too good to be true. And zero hangovers. So this company uh, just had this article written in a a, uh, medical journal. Uh, It's developing functional ingredients as alternatives to alcohol that mimics the desired effects without leaving people with a hangover. Uh, It enhances sociability when consumed, but avoids alcohol's harmful effects. But this this is just all mysterious chemicals, and they're not going to give us the recipe? Because to me, that sounds like we're in bath salts territory. W- There's some chemicals in there that'll make you outgoing. Uh, they want to patent the uh, the recipe, you know? Yeah, so I don't, yeah. I don't know exactly what's in there. Sounds like another drug. Like this could be the beginning of the zombie beginning of the zombie apocalypse, actually. And like, how close is it? Gonna- <laughs> how did it start? Well, everyone thought we had a we had an alcohol alternative yeah. that wouldn't give us hangovers. Turns out, turned us all into flesh eating zombies. Yeah, yeah. But our stomachs are not upset at all. <laughs> we don't have a headache the next yeah. day. Just the people whose brains got eaten. <laughs> Might I wonder how closely you could mimic? Because it's hard to even like I don't know. There's there's the vape that they have for marijuana that's supposed to mimic you know uh, the THC feeling from from normal marijuana, but it does. It's not the same. It, it it's a different feeling, and that's as close as you think you could get in in the science world. So I, I doubt they could like mimic what alcohol does. This is a doctor breaking down the science behind it. The bottom line is the positive effects of alcohol when we drink come from alcohol's direct effect on a receptor called the GABA receptor in our brain that gives us that relaxed feeling with a bit of euphoria. The unwanted effects are attributed to a breakdown product of alcohol, which gives you the hangover, the headache, nausea, and things like that. When asked about uh, no harmful side effects, the doctor did say, only time will tell. Which <laughs> doesn't sound, That's reassuring. It doesn't sound like a guarantee yeah, yeah. that there's no side effects, but uh, maybe. 
Do you want to be outgoing like you are on booze? Well, here's an alternative. Cocaine. <laughs> no, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if this gets approved. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, I doubt it. I feel like they're cracking down on these things, but... Here's mm. the other problem. It tastes like ass. <laughs> I mean, so does a lot of booze, though, seriously. Remember the first time you tried whiskey? I love it now. It's an acquired taste for sure. I have no idea. It doesn't say in the the medical journal what this alcohol substitute tastes like, but... There's always... Nothing's perfect. Yeah, there's always a trade-off somewhere. The Taz and Jim Podcast. Look at this headline. Austrian supermarket forces evacuation and shuts down... After a spider with a bite that can cause permanent boners is spotted in the produce department, prompting all Austrian wives to say, Honey, can you go buy me some produce? (laughs) Honey, go to the store and get me some eggplant emojis. (laughs) A spider with a bite that can cause permanent erections. Permanent. I've... Oh, so not so more than four hours. This isn't a four-hour call yeah. your doctor situation. This is. I swear I've heard of this spider before, but I didn't know it was like permanent for the rest of your life. It's called the Brazilian wandering spider. It was spotted, ironically, hiding in a bunch of bananas. Of course, it knows what it likes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it came in from a shipment, obviously, from wherever the bananas were grown. Um, the spider, if you want to know what it looks like, it's black and red. It's four inches, but tells everyone it's six. Yeah. <laughs> and it was spotted in a, a super supermarket 45 miles west of Vienna. Uh, the authorities were called. The shop has been shut down because after the spider was spotted, it disappeared. So it's somewhere oh, in the no. store. I hate when that happens, when you like knock it down with a broom or something like that, and then it goes away like, if it's in the corner of your house. And then yeah. now it could be anywhere. <sighs> I hate it when the boner spider disappears into the walls. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, science. I mean, let's get on this. It sounds like there's some potential. Like, every once in a while, they'll 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 uh, create something that's uh, a grippy pair of shoes based on a tr- uh, tree frog's handprint or something like that. Yeah. Like, let's use this spider for the greater good. Well, this is also how comic book villains are are born. So oh, yeah. maybe don't... Erecton! In- <laughs> don't inject... If if Peter Parker got bit by this spider, Boy. I don't know if he'd be wearing that spandex costume. <laughs> you have the right to remain stupid! Sheriff in Clay County, Missouri has an important reminder for all the criminals out there. They posted a photo of a vehicle that they pulled over recently. Um, and they say, don't draw attention to yourself if you're breaking the law. Just a little tip from law enforcement. The vehicle's license plate read, We high. They can't just pull you over based on the plate alone. Yeah, yeah, but they'll follow you until you don't (laughs) put your blinker on. Until you get paranoid and make a mistake. Exactly. (laughs) When your license plate reads, We We high. We high. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, The other problem is uh, when the car stopped, the two people inside jumped out and tried to run away. Yeah, yeah. And when the doors opened, smoke billowed out. Uh, two men, Cheech and Chong, <laughs> have been arrested. 
Uh, no, the the guys were arrested. Yeah, what they need is a license plate that says "We sober," and the, then you would never yeah. get pulled over. We we so sober, <laughs> so sober, the soberest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was going to pull him over, but his license plate said he was the sober. He must be. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Yeah. <laughs> Move along. Not a criminal. <laughs> Some license plate suggestions for yeah. you as an alternative to Weehaw. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. One thing that is, is certain is things always are changing. And I think this is something that probably was due for an upgrade, I just don't know if this is is the right change. Okay. So you've heard of wife beater shirts before. Yeah, like the white undershirts, the muscle shirts. Yeah, of course. Sleeveless white undershirts. The Kid Rock. Yes. Uh, obviously, that term is not politically correct. To call a shirt a wife beater or a beater. I can remember in high school, I I once asked my mom, have you seen my wife beater? And she tore a strip off me. She said, that's, you're not calling your shirt a WB ever again. (laughs) It is the most aggressive name I've heard for a shirt. (laughs) And I'm not a big PC, like change it to PC, but this one I understand. There's no need. It's it's unnecessary and obviously offensive to many people. So, Apparently now on TikTok uh, and Urban Dictionary has added this as well. The white undershirt is now being called the wife pleaser. You know, I don't think so. I think it's too easy to mistake. <laughs> just get the wife out close. of it. Yeah. Get, get away. Because like, then you're just going to want to call it the old thing. The thought is the shirts uh, are pleasing to the eye. But they're not. And it also is close to the other term that is very outdated and inappropriate. So people won't struggle making the shift to wife pleaser. <laughs> Maybe I mean it is kind of fun. It's kind of a fun term. Like it's fun. It's it's borderline sexual. You know. It's, yeah. It's kind of got a fun ring to it. I guess. I I think the people at Fruit of the Loom and Haynes are probably happy about this because it's a more positive name for their well, product. Think, was it, it wasn't on the package before, I don't think. Phew, <laughs> <I> <laughs> finally! <laughs> it was not on the but package. But if you go to buy it, what are they actually... I'm trying to rack my brain. Like, it's called what do you a, possibly... a white men's undershirt, I oh, would okay, assume. Okay, okay. A white under tank top. You think they should eliminate wife <laughs> Get from wife the situation. Yeah, leave the wife out yeah. of it. And not everybody's got a wife. You know, that's true. Let's be inclusive, guys. If we're wife, going all PC, wife pleaser is yeah. offensive to men who don't have wives. Sure, or or Avril Lavigne who wants to wear one. She doesn't have a wife. Yeah, you know exactly. Impressions, it's worst impressions. Taz and Jim's worst impressions as we celebrate Hulk Hogan's seventieth birthday. Gonna get some of our listeners to impersonate the Hulkster. Whoever is the best of the worst is going to win a great prize, Lotto Max tickets, and $250 to spend on groceries at Food Basics. Wowza! We couldn't uh, not invite the biggest WWE (laughs) fan we know. 
Mark LaBelle from our sister station, Fresh Radio, in to be a celebrity judge on this one. Hey, Mark. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, you know when it's someone else's birthday and you feel like it's your own birthday? Like like you have a party Because <laughs> you love them so much? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cake <laughs> it, at home, ready to go. Is Hulk Hogan your, one of your all-time faves? He's got to be. Where does he rank? I mean, he's the one that started the big boom of all of wrestling. People, you know, love him or hate him. I know he's very polarizing, but you got to give the Hulkster respect, I think. I hated him when he <laughs> when he went to Hollywood. Oh, oh man. Yeah. When he spray-painted the WCW heavyweight belt? When he stopped wearing yellow and started wearing black to signify that he was bad now? Yeah. I oh, hated you him. son of a... But when he put the yellow back on, I, I love him! <laughs> okay, so we've got three contestants lined up ready to go. Okay. And we'll give them each, uh, let's say, 30 seconds to impersonate Hulk Hogan, rip off a promo for us, uh, starting with Zoe. How are you, Zoe? Oh, well, guys, I don't think I've watched any WWF since probably 30 yeah, years well, ago. It's called the WWE yeah. now, so <laughs> there's, tell, uh, you yeah. prove that point right there. <laughs> Yeah. Well, th- well, this will be really interesting yeah, then, okay? Give me your, your best. Like, yeah. we all know what he sounds like. He's been in uh, just in the hot, in the spotlight for so long. You I'll know. play a little music here to get you into it, and then you take over with your Hulk Hogan impression. Okay, Zoe? Okay. All right. Let's- I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. What do you have to say, Hulk Hogan? I need you to shut up and listen to what I have to say. And I'm going to take over this ring, and I'm going to win today. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, that, that was more like that a was generic a wrestler. Yeah, 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 it really was. That, that was, was a Hollywood, Hollywood version, yeah, because yeah. he was a bad pretty guy good. there. Yeah, Pretty good. Pretty good. I, I was intimidated, Zoe. Yeah, pretty yeah. good. Not bad for uh, our first worst impression. Let's go to Mitchell. How you doing there, Mitchell? Have, have you ever watched wrestling? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, well, is this the Hulkster himself? You can't win. Yeah, it's, it's hard to discern between uh, the real Hulkster and Mitchell. Let's see how he does here. Okay, Hulk Hogan, big match coming up today. What would you like to say? Hulk is here, ready to shut down the show, brother. The real jabroni, better than sliced bologna. I'm coming for your brother. I'm coming for your sister. I'm coming for your dad. I'm taking them all with me. We're going to hell. The real jabroni. <laughs> jabroni, jabroni, sure, jabroni's in there. One in doubt, throwing another jabroni. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, pretty mm-hmm. good. Now, you, you have the final say here, Mark LaBelle. Okay. So, uh, I hope you're paying attention to these. This is... <laughs> This is Haley. (laughs) How are you, Haley? Oh, I'm good. How about you? I love where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Haley. We are here backstage with the Hulkster, Hulk Hogan. Hulk, what are you thinking about after that match? Oh, brother, I've got news for you. Always shop at Food Basics. Very incredible prices. Get ready to save. (laughs) Just low prices every day. (laughs) 
Haley Wood Hogan. Oh. Hulk Hogan? Is that you? <laughs> the Hulkster working the self-checkout. There's, there's half Sheiky baby, half Hogan. It was like it. the Iron Sheik yeah. meets Hulk Hogan meets the Wicked Witch of the West, I yeah. want to say. But boy, she got some good Food Basics plugs in there. Yeah. Man, I like I that a lot. Give her one of those. This is, this wow. is a tough one here. It's not easy, Mark, but wow. the decision is yours. Who's I, walking away oh. with the prize here? Is it uh, Zoe, Mitchell, or Haley? Well, you know what? It's very close, but I got to say, the one thing about the Hulkster is he was all about, you know, the audience. He's always cupping the ear, sure. listening to the audience. And, I mean, right here in the studio, there were claps and, and standing ovation for uh, Haley Wood Hogan there yes! at the end. Yes! You're so. going with Haley? Yes! The game is called Worst Impressions. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes! Haley! Haley, congratulations. Mark, thank you so much, guys. I can't thank you enough. A wrestling super fan has decided that you are the winner here, and you're getting $100 worth of Lotto Max tickets. And give us the Hulkster. Tell us about the prices at Food Basics again, Hulkster. How about a wowza bro? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, brother, I've got news for you. Always shop at Food Basics. Always more for less. Very incredible prices. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now there's a little Santa Claus tinge. <laughs> What's happening? A very generous person. <laughs> Happy birthday, Hulk Hogan.